0: When you have the hero's journey narrative in your mind, what you realize is every single human you come across has treasure within, has a story within, and it it makes you more empathetic when you have that framework in your mind because you want to glean from that person their value, their story, their treasure, and you realize that they've got something very worthwhile that you don't have. Each person's treasure is different. From cave drawings to family histories to stories around the fire, humans crave order among chaos, connection amid isolation. So we tell stories. Our mission at the Storytellers Network is to bring the art of story to the masses. Whether you are in marketing, you are an entrepreneur, or you're developing your own personal brand, telling your story effectively can make the difference between celebrating milestones and collecting unemployment. The Storytellers Network strives to help storytellers tell their stories so you can learn from the best. Now, your host, Dan Moyle.
1: Welcome to the Storytellers Network podcast, where we believe in the power of story. From personal connections to business, storytelling is powerful. It's what separates us from all other life on Earth. Stories that connect us, they teach us, and we're about to dive into yet another great story that is educational and talks about education with a fantastic storyteller. But before I do, a quick reminder, the website has great resources available, past episodes and interviews and content information for me. Visit thestorytellersnetwork.com for all of that. And be sure to subscribe via email. You can sign up for the email newsletter at that subscribe button for monthly updates on new episodes and more. Now for today's guest, Laura Sandifer is an author and the co-founder of Acton Academy. It's a school whose learner-driven model is spreading across the globe with over 130 locations uh, across Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, Guatemala, Canada, Malaysia, and others all over the place. And then this year, 2019 is celebrating 10 years of letting children take learning into their own hands. Absolutely awesome story. Um, They base their model of learning, as you'll hear from Laura, on the hero's journey which is very cool. Um, Everybody at Acton Academy is on their own hero's journey, which Laura explains. Uh, She also went on her own hero's journey in starting Acton Academy, uh, which she does chronicle in her book, Courage to Grow, How Acton Academy Turns Learning Upside Down. Uh, We talk about that as well. She's a reluctant entrepreneur, which I find (laughs) funny to to call a reluctant entrepreneur because she is very entrepreneurial and very story driven. So let's get to Laura's stories. Laura Sandifer, thank you so much for joining me on the Storytellers Network.
0: I'm so happy to be with you, Dan. Thank you.
1: So Laura, you and I uh, kind of go way back, I guess. <laughs> um, it's been a couple of years since I, I met you first. And, and I love the story of Acton Academy. So we'll get into that. But I want to know first, if you consider yourself a storyteller or if you were surprised, like, why are you talking to me?
0: It's funny when I got your note to join you as a storytelling expert, I thought, Oh gosh, that is not what I am. (laughs) So yes, I was very surprised, but I have to say, I'm passionate about storytelling Mm -hmm. and I am absolutely convinced that it's the most powerful tool we have as humans to connect to each other, to inspire each other, to help each other transform. And so while I don't consider myself an expert in storytelling, I love to pass on this gem to other people and help us all become better storytellers.
1: And has that been a thread with Acton Academy for you, it looks like?
0: Yes, absolutely. So we fundamentally are based on the narrative of the hero's journey, which to me is the greatest framework for st- storytelling of all of all. And so, our entire learning design is based on the power of story and the one narrative that each human has a treasure within. And our quest, our yearning that we start out with, is to find what that treasure is. We have to respond to a call to action. We go through a road of trials. We meet guides and mentors along the way. And then we t- return home with our treasure after fighting monsters and winning. And the idea is it's really not about the treasure. It's about how the person is transformed along the way. So yes, that story, that narrative is fundamental to Acton Academy.
1: And do you see, so when you talk about that, do you get that in front of the students? Or are you talking to more of like the parents who, who help, you know, Launch these acting Academies and who helped get their kids there. Like who, who is it that you go after with that idea of the hero's journey?
0: Well, that's a great question because it initially starts with the parents, the idea of don't you want for your child to experience learning in life as a grand adventure and the grandest adventure of all is discovering your internal treasures. So that hero's journey parents connect to first because It's a human thing, it's not a kid thing or a parent thing, this story, this narrative, this yearning we have. So we first are drawn, at the youngest ages, it's the parents who make the choice, who hear that call to adventure themselves, and decide, yes, that's what I want for my child. And then, of course, all along the way, the children are so naturally drawn to this story. I mean, when you think of all the stories um, that we share with our children, essentially, they, they are connected to the idea of being a superhero who can change the world. That transforms a little bit, because the idea is we're not superheroes. We don't have magical powers that make us different from other people. The idea with the children is the definition of hero. The definition of hero is someone Who gets back up after falling down, someone who takes responsibility for their decisions and doesn't play a victim. A victim, for example, would make excuses and quit when it gets hard, but the hero continues on even though they will fail, they will get back up. So we start with the parents, we move in with the children every day, but frankly our guides, our staff, everyone that is involved with Acton Academy Um, is on a hero's journey. So it is a connection to every human, no matter the age, whether you're six or 90, it's a hero's journey we're all after.
1: Mm -hmm. And uh, I love how you say when they will fail, because we all do. But that hero is the one who gets back up again. That was really that was really good.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's pretty profound for us. And it's, it's the hardest part for parents, that failure part. I think parents have a tendency to swoop in and want to fix and protect our children from suffering. Mm-hmm. And that's where this story helps the most because that's probably more damaging than letting our children figure out struggles on their own. Of course, we don't want harm to come to them. But the idea of failure being something that builds resilience helps us become better critical thinkers. Those things are part of the hero's journey narrative, so it it helps us a lot. But a key element of it is not just experiencing failure, but building in reflection time. So part of the narrative, part of our storytelling, is reflecting back on the experience and sharing what we've learned with each other. So I think that actually is the power of story. We hear other people's stories and we learn from them. So we gain this like bank of stories in our minds that we can draw upon. So when we face a battle, when we face a monster, we can remember the story that Susie shared and do what she did in that situation. So I think the more we share stories, the more resilient we all become.
1: That's pretty powerful. The more, sh- the more we share stories, the more re- resilient we become. That's really good. Um, where did that start for you guys that at Acton Academy? Like how did, how did that, how did Acton Academy come about that you wanted to do this thing where you are on this hero's journey and you teach people this and it sounds so inspiring, but I got to believe it started with like a, maybe a more simple conversation. Where did that start?
0: Yeah, so it it was a very specific conversation in my driveway. I was waiting for Jeff, my husband, to come home from picking up our daughter from elementary school and I was there with Charlie and Sam, who were six and seven at the time. Just a really ordinary day, really ordinary life. I was just being a mom, I'd quit my job just digging into it all. Jeff pulled into the driveway with Tate, our daughter. She jumped out of the car and the kids all went running off to play. And Jeff looked at me, and I noticed as he walked towards me, he looked different. He had a strange look on his face, and it wasn't a good one. Mm -hmm. And he walked up to me and said, Laura, we're not doing this anymore. And I thought, we're not doing what? (laughs) I mean, I did not (laughs) know what what he was talking about, but he he was not happy. He said, we're not doing this school thing anymore. And I I just waited, and he shared the story. He had just come from a conversation with – a math teacher here in Austin, Texas, who is a really um, excellent, one of the best teachers around at a very traditional school. And we were exploring long-term schooling for our boys. They were both in a Montessori school and we had to make a decision of what traditional school we would put them in, would be public or private. We just were, we were on that path that all parents have to go on making that choice. So Jeff said to this uh, respected man, So how quickly should we transition our boys into this traditional system because they've been in a Montessori school? And the man said really quickly, well, as soon as possible, because the longer they're away from this, the harder it's going to be for them to sit in a desk all day and be talked to by teachers. And Jeff said, well, I don't blame them. And the teacher looked down for a really long time and Jeff was worried he'd offended him. And when he looked up, he said, I wouldn't either. And at that point, Jeff realized, we don't have to do this we don't have to plunk our curious adventurous children in desks for the next 12 years so that was our call to adventure we said yes let's let's create let's rip up the school book on play on school and and just create our brand new vision and and we started with the very basic question what is the purpose of school and that's where the hero's journey came in we realized it's really a journey of discovery and adventure. That's what we wanted for our children, where they would find their greatest gifts and use them to find a calling in the world. So that became our mission statement, that every person who enters our doors will find a calling that will change the world. And it's really an entrepreneurial journey. So a lot of what we do is the same things entrepreneurs do out in the world. It's the same journey. It's it's gaining that resilience we just talked about. It's trying and experimenting and gaining mentors and having the grit to persevere when people reject your idea. So that we have something called the Children's Business Fair. And that's a project that all the Acton students participate in. They build their own business and then we have a day where strangers come and shop and the mm-hmm. children themselves are responsible for for their own business. The, the one rule we have is the parents are not allowed to help. So the idea is they learn to fail early, cheaply, and often, which is what you want entrepreneurs to do as well, and they learn that they're not going to die if they make a mistake. So they gain this idea of themselves, this identity, that they have something important to offer the world. And that's what we want all children to feel, is that identity that they are worthwhile, they are capable and they can do really important things. And the magical treasure we've discovered along the way is that children can do far more than we ever imagined if we can just set them free and not intervene and not be intrusive in their, in their own personal adventures. So it all started with that one day in the driveway and the big urgent need and question and problem we had, and we just decided to to start solving that problem.
1: So these acting academies are, it sounds like setting the stage for an entrepreneurial surge in America. Um, and, and, and I love that. Why do you think entrepreneurism is so crucial to our our being?
0: I think entrepreneurship its purpose is not just to make money. That's part of it. It really is to add value where there was none. So this idea of constant improvement, constantly making life better for people is really the core of entrepreneurship. And I just think our world needs innovative ideas. There's huge problems that need to be solved. When we talk about entrepreneurship with the young people, it's not just about starting your own business. We're talking about, you could be an entrepreneur if you're in a large company, if you're a nonprofit, if you're a stay at home mom, if you're a teacher, for sure, there are ways to be entrepreneurial, which really just means looking at an opportunity or an injustice and figuring out how you with your personal gifts can, can help. So it's offering what, what you have internally. And I just think the world, I think we need to stop accepting, things as they are and really have courage to move forward and solve big problems. And I think the young people are fully capable. I'm so excited for the future. And I think they are too. That's one thing that this storytelling builds in really deeply is an empowerment to solve problems. And that's that's just what the future is. And these children are not afraid of the future in the least, they're excited, mm-hmm. um, they're ready to take on the world, and I'm, I'm really excited to see that play out. So I think we'll have entrepreneurial thinking um, that will just exponentially increase as these young people move out into the world and touch other lives. Mm-hmm.
1: I like the entrepreneurial thinking, not just building a business but building stuff, you know, life, nonprofits, departments, whatever. So that's really good. Um, so you're obviously a storyteller, (laughs) like you've got me enthralled. I am all in on this. Um, whether it's your book or it's telling the acting story through podcasting or through the website or through, you know, uh, on stage, what is it that you personally love so much about the storytelling?
0: I love that it is a sense-making machine. I think Donald Miller is the one who said that, but I think what stories do is take chaos and bring meaning and order to it. So this world can seem really scary and out of control at times, but when you have a story to cling to, or you hear a story of how someone overcame a challenge, There's a personal sense of, okay, there's some order to all of this chaos. So for me, story is the sense-making machine of it all. It's also really about survival. I think the power of story is in how humans can help each other overcome great challenges. So we learn to survive better together. I also think the power of story is how it builds community you don't tell well of course we tell stories to ourselves but the the main idea is that we build community and we build relationship with others through storytelling i often tell parents the most powerful thing we can do to help our children is to tell stories not to lecture stories have so much more power than a lecture does lecture is a delivery of information where a story is really connecting to the human soul and so it's just a really powerful way to share information, to add order into chaos, and also to con- connect humans to each other on a very emotional, human level.
1: Mm-hmm. And man, yeah, that, what, like hidden in there are parenting tips. I mean, that's so good. <laughs> like, teaching tips, parenting tips, just relational tips, uh, rather than lecturing your team, if you're a manager, a leader, tell them stories. So much good stuff, Laura. What, What do you find is one of your biggest challenges as a storyteller? Then, what have you faced as a storyteller?
0: I think my biggest dilemma is, um, or, or what I'm challenged with each time is when I'm telling, when I'm meeting an audience or a group or a group of children or parents or whatever, is to really think about what is the deep longing and need of my listener. Because that's where we connect to each other when we can really figure out what what is the longing we're facing here? What is the critical need, the urgency, the message, the problem we're solving? So I don't want to just go off and tell my fanciful stories of my life. Um, That's not interesting to other people. What's interesting is when you can connect to what the other person is, is deeply longing for. And once I start doing that, I can become more vulnerable because I think essentially we long for the same things. We long to be known. We long to contribute something meaningful to the world and we long to be loved and to love others. Those are three questions. We start asking children as young as six years old, you know, what do you want to contribute to this? Who do you love and who loves you and who are you? So those are three things I think that I, I'm challenged by every time I'm thinking of um, which story to share or how to tell a story. It's really thinking about the longing that is going to be the crux of the whole thing.
1: And and that, that feels a lot like empathy and self and, and not self, but like awareness of others, right? Absolutely. How do you develop that as a storyteller?
0: Practice for one thing. I think there's so many times I've failed as a storyteller where I'm looking at an audience with, blank eyes or my husband walks away, (laughs) whatever it is. Um, So I think the more failure I've experienced as a storyteller, the more urgency I feel to get better at it. I think um, practicing vulnerability is also a way to to gain empathy. I think we're nervous about sharing our weaknesses, our faults, our fears, but once we do that a couple of times, we suddenly feel this surge of connection. It's like an internal light that bonds us to someone else because people need us to be vulnerable. So, practicing storytelling, for one thing, you know, have a framework and practice it, use it, but also practice being vulnerable. I think that's when we begin to feel connected to other people and, um, There's like, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Once you start becoming vulnerable, you can't imagine not being vulnerable because it's the only way to really be with other people. Otherwise, it's a false mask you're wearing and it's not that satisfying. But the longer you go keeping your mask on, the harder it is to pull it off. So Acton Academy has given me such a treasure because I used to be the person who wanted to be right, who wanted to be the successful person in the room, Mm -hmm. you know, in school that portrayed in, or that came out as getting good grades and pleasing my parents and pleasing my teachers. It wasn't until this Acton Academy experience, that children have taught me how important it is to be vulnerable and how making mistakes doesn't kill us and it actually makes us much stronger. Mm-hmm. So I, that's a treasure I've gleaned from this hero's journey of acting Academy.
1: And again, it comes back to failure, right? Fail often and learn from it. I, I love, I forget now who ever coined it, but fail is first attempt in learning. I love that. I love that, yeah. Acronym, yeah. Right? Um, so being aware of that, because I, I, it seems to me that um, you know, there are some people who are, are just born with empathy maybe they're called empaths, whatever you want to say it, right? Um, And then others have to work at it. But I like the idea of working at it through uh, vulnerability, authenticity, and failure. That just seems like a good way to look at it.
0: Yeah. I also think um, allowing yourself to be in groups that collaborate rather than trying to do things alone is a great way to build empathy. A lot of the work that we do at Acton Academy is it's all mixed ages. There aren't grade levels. So it's, you know, six-year-olds working with 12-year-olds. And pretty soon you realize that everyone has something to offer. And everyone, when you have the hero's journey narrative in your mind, what you realize is every single human you come across has treasure within, has a story within. And it, it makes you more empathetic when you have that framework in your mind because you want to glean from that person their value, their story, their treasure, and you realize that they've got something very worthwhile that you don't have. Each person's treasure is different. So young children working together, having to solve problems, um, they pick up on that pretty quickly. and, And that kind of collaboration really builds empathy. Also, I think learning the value of feedback and being open to giving and receiving feedback has been another thing i've learned Um, helps you have an empathetic spirit and we have um, only peer review at acton academy the children have to learn to give each other feedback and the only way they progress on their journey is by accepting the feedback of their peers which is really hard i was not good at that I still am learning, um, but we, we, there's ways to give feedback that's really valuable. We call it the feedback sandwich. It's really simple, and six-year-olds do this. You give a piece of warm feedback and then cool feedback and then warm feedback again. Pretty soon they practice that, and pretty soon you find yourself as a receiver of feedback realizing that's the only way I'm going to grow is by learning about myself from other people and being open to hearing feedback which isn't always criticism you know there is bad feedback that you learn to you know get rid of in your mind but Mm -hmm. you cling on to the feedback that helps you grow because i think essentially all humans want to grow so we become better at growing together when we're open to listening to each other and giving each other feedback but that takes trust so having empathy is one thing but you also have to have a trusting relationship that's built on this idea of valuing each other
1: and that trust is not always easy to build but so easy to lose.
0: Oh, that's so true.
1: How do you see your your students building trust among each other? How 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 are they doing it at their age?
0: We start with um a a covenant relationship. So they literally spend the first 3 to 5 weeks of the school year writing a contract, a covenant that describes what their relationship with each other will be. My husband, I I did this when we decided to get married too. We decided to write a relationship covenant, like what, not just saying our vows, but really how are we going to work together and be together? So they have a contract. It's their hero's journey contract. They have, it has to be unanimous. They work really hard on choosing the words um, for their contract and then they all sign it. So by declaring what they are together as a group, how they're going to act, the words that are okay and not okay to use together, that's a trusting relationship. Now, people do break the trust, and they have to hold each other accountable to that. So when someone goes outside of the contract that they have signed, the other students have to say, you just broke the contract, and so we're going to ask you to go home for the day when you decide you can come back you bring a letter of apology, you read it to the group, and then you're welcomed back in. So there's a price to pay when you break the trust, but it's pure grace and forgiveness when you decide to come back in and join the journey again. So they practice with this relationship of trust building they understand that every choice has a consequence. And that's pretty much what life is. When you realize all the little bitty choices you make every single day add up to a life. Mm -hmm. And that's our learning design. It's clear thinking leads to good choices. Good choices lead to good habits. Good habits lead to character and your character leads to your destiny. So those little bitty daily decisions around that contract build trust, but they also end up Etching character into these young lives, and that is what's going to determine what they go off and do once they leave our doors.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So much, so much good stuff there. How? <clears throat> so I love this idea, this high-level look at Acton Academy and the hero's journey and how this all plays out. If if listeners are are hearing that and they're going, "Man, I want to send my kid to the school," <laughs> how do, how does that work for Acton Academy? Is there a place they can go for? Um, a campus? Do they have to open their yeah. own? How does this work?
0: <laughs> yeah. So there are over 200 Acton Academies now around the world. We just started with our little one and the idea took on. So we have a kit. People can audition to own their own Acton Academy for their own family and community. Or you can just go to our website, Acton Academy, and um, look on the map and click on one in your area and see if that's a fit for you. Each one is its own independent entity so there's a there's a separate audition or application process for each one we're not a franchise we're just independently operated we're a network and affiliation but also our website is filled with stories and resources that even if you don't go to an actin, I think would be really valuable for parents or even entrepreneurs to look at. I also have my own website, particularly for parents, and it's actinacademyparents.com. And this is a blog, but also there's a curiosity quiz to um, help you see if your household is a curious household, because we believe that curiosity is the best intrinsic motivator of all. If you're a curious person, you're going to live an adventuresome, rich life. So either one, the main Acton website or my own. Also, there's a link to my book, Courage to Grow, which I think for families, I've heard whether you go to Acton or not gives. It's a it's it's not a how-to guide of how to start a school. It, it's really our family's personal journey, but it includes ideas for quests. It includes all the online resources we use with our families and our students. So there's a lot people can dig into whether or not they go to an acting Academy.
1: Mm. So where do you find your inspiration? I want to get back to, to your personal story here a little bit. Um, You know, again, you've got that book that you just mentioned. You had you had to write that. You had to come from inspiration from somewhere. Uh, As you tell stories on stage, this kind of thing, where do you draw your inspiration from?
0: So much of my inspiration comes from. Well, I think this is probably what everybody would say, but comes from the people around me. My children are a vast source of inspiration for me, but all children are. I I get to be lucky enough to spend time with mostly our elementary age children. And by just listening to them, they bring me great laughter and joy for one thing. I think kids are so fun to be with. But also, I get inspiration really just by being quiet myself. So definitely the people around me, and when I'm in tune to listening to others, I gain lots of inspiration. I learn from other people. I've got my own heroes in my life. But I really believe that being quiet and being alone, there are sources of inspiration in the universe that can only come to you when you allow yourself to be very, 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 very quiet and still. So I try every day to wake up an hour earlier than everyone in my house. Unfortunately, my dogs usually beat me to the punch. So <laughs> a little chaotic for 10 minutes and then I, you know, they're all fed and I'm good to be alone. But I think being quiet and writing, I think the creative spirit is within all of us. And I think it's wild and wonderful, but you have to have the discipline to tap into it or let it come to you. So I think those are two things. It's just my, I have a quiet, I'm an introvert. I have a quiet um, need in my life. And I think everybody probably does need that reflection time, but also really children have been my, probably my greatest source of inspiration.
1: That's awesome. And so you mentioned the, your heroes in your life, who, who is, excuse me, who is one of your heroes?
0: Well, my ease the two come immediately to mind. And as my mother and father, my mother passed away, never met my children. Unfortunately, she died too young. But my father is still around. And I still call him as much as I can just mm-hmm. to um, hear his perspective on anything. It's just he's just my biggest hero. And he's the one who, who transformed my life. Um, by the day that I was leaving for college, one quick story. I know we're out of time, probably. No,
1: not at all. Not at all. We have plenty of time.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, we're standing in our driveway. My little Chevette, silver Chevette, was packed to the brim with all my stuff. I was driving from Oklahoma City to Nashville by myself to leave, and I felt like it was this, you know, dramatic moment in my life. And my father, who um, is a pastor, but also just was. Basically, a Renaissance man. I mean, he was the most well read person anyone ever knew, and he still is to this day. And he just was a life changer in so many ways. And I asked him as I was standing there in the dark to say goodbye, I said, Dad, this is it. If you had one more lesson to give me, one more piece of advice to give me for the rest of my life, what would it be? And I really expected, you know, a 20 minute little sermonette of powerful things, philosophical ideas. And he said, Oh, Laura, that's easy. It's two words be curious. Bye bye, you know, he sent me on my way. Those words haunted me, and to this day, he and I talk about that because he he really taught me that curiosity is what you need to solve problems and be in relationship and get out of yourself and do something worthwhile that's interesting for the world. So he gave me that nugget and he just is a hero of mine because he hasn't had a perfect life, but he continues to live just deeply passionately and with lots of love. And I just love that so much.
1: I love be curious. That is that like, that needs to be, you know, you see art on people's walls of of words, right? We love, well, we do all these things. Be curious needs to be on everybody's wall. <laughs>
0: yeah. I put it on the backs of the t- all acting Academy t-shirts.
1: <laughs> oh, I so love that.
0: With those words on our backs.
1: <laughs> Very nice. That's really cool. So <clears throat> you've, uh, so obviously Acton academy has grown uh you wrote a book and got that out there you have a blog that you mentioned if, if for those storytellers who are kind of sitting here thinking man the world is so crowded and so busy i don't know how i'm ever gonna get my story out there what kind of advice do you have for getting our stories out there today
0: my advice would simply be to do it I mean, I I think you have, but I also think don't write for any particular purpose, like for sales or to change the world. Just write your story for the sake of writing your story. I think when you really write the truth that's within yourself, that's the only way for it to hook with other people. And when I was writing Courage to Grow, I felt so much pressure. I just felt the pressure that I was supposed to be this smart expert in education. And I got, I had this wonderful coach, Harry Jaffe, and he said, Laura, just tell your personal story. Forget about everybody else. I sat down in the dark every morning and just wrote about my experience and somehow That personal journey started connecting to other people and moms and dads and still each every day I get calls saying, man, your story just that was it was like it was my story. Mm -hmm. And I think if we're really honest and vulnerable and just tell our own stories, it will connect with other people. And and that's where the fire starts happening. So I stopped worrying about, you know, how I was going to get it out there. Those things, you know, you have to go through a process. And I had wonderful partners in that but really just being really honest and vulnerable and just doing it, just do the work, get it done. It's hard, hard work to write a story and to write a book. It's really hard. It wasn't fun for me, but it was so worthwhile.
1: So just do it. Just, just do it. Know yeah. Know your story and share Yes. It. Be
0: really honest. Yeah. yeah.
1: How do you think, um, I mean, so, so this could be a couple of different ways that, that maybe this comes up up for you. You work, work with a lot of students, you work with, with the youth these days, um, kids these days are, no, um, but you, you know you've, you've done this on your own as well as an author, as a storyteller. How do you see social media affecting storytelling in general today?
0: I think it's powerful in a, it, it can be negative, but I also think for the first time, people can get their stories out there. You don't have to be a published author or in the newspaper. Every ordinary human can can create an identity and practice sharing it with the world. So in a way, it's a grand equalizer for everyone having the power to get a story out there. I think it's powerful. I think it's good. I think it can be abused. And I think you have to take it with a grain of salt. In, on one hand, you know, not take it seriously. On the other hand, I think people have a voice now when people before only a few people had a voice and so i think it's a powerful place we are in the in the in our time in history and i think i think the future is going to be really interesting when so many people feel empowered to use their voice and i also think it it, it requires us to be better listeners and to have, have better filters and to pursue things, to seek the the truth instead of just taking what comes our way. So we have to be better listeners, but I think there's great power in more people being storytellers, which I think is what social media gives us.
1: Great power in more people being storytellers, very good. Laura, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for this. Um, I I wanna know, before we go though, uh, two things. Number one, you mentioned one website. Uh, Any other places people can connect with you that you wanna send people? Sure. I I share my story
0: on Instagram, just Laura Mm -hmm. Sandifer. So that's just kind of my fun playground for storytelling. Um, And and, and that's the main thing. Uh, I think if you go to the website, you'll get connected to there's my blog, there's links there. And that's just the easiest place.
1: All right. Perfect. We'll put those in the show notes. All right. So I want to know if someone were to tell you today, you can no longer be a storyteller, that tomorrow you have to find something else to do or call yourself. What would your last story be that you'd want to leave behind?
0: I want to be a drummer in a band.
1: Interesting.
0: <laughs> so I would love to share the story of what it's like for someone in their mid-50s, if I must admit, all of a sudden deciding, I'm, I'm going to start listening to that little musician inside of me who has been dying to get out. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try to learn something I've never practiced in my life before. And one day you're going to see me Um, as a percussionist. I think that would be a really fun story to play out. I also think if I had to literally not leave my story with people, it would be to leave any hero's journey, whether it's the Iliad and the Odyssey or Finding Nemo or Lion King, the hero's journey will speak to any soul because it's the yearning we all have. So I would love to leave just a basic classic fairy tale.
1: Very good. Laura, thank you again. I can I, I cannot be grateful enough. This was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for making time.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Once again, thank you so much, Laura Sandifer, for joining me on the Storytellers Network. You can connect with her at the links in the show notes. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode and got something out of it, Please consider sharing it with someone. Uh, social media, of course, text it, email it to somebody, just tell them. Uh, if you want to share your story with me on the reverse side of that, go to storytellersnetwork.com. Hit contact Dan on the contact page. Send me an email and let me know what you're thinking. Until next time, here's to telling our stories, and having those stories to tell. Cheers.